Last year, Sulla had run for election as praetor. Everything seemed to be in his favor. And yet, when the centurion electors assembled on the campus Martius and gave their choices, the name of Lucius Cornelius Sulla was not among the six successful candidates. The reason for his failure was Caecilia Metella Dalmatica, barely nineteen years old, wife of Marcus Aemilius Scaurus, the leader of the Senate, forty years older than his bride. Dalmatica had met Sulla at a dinner party, and the attraction between them had been powerful, mutual, distressing. Sulla had made no attempt to pursue the acquaintance, but Dalmatica followed him about the city, watching him, seeking excuses to speak to him. When Dalmatica's aggrieved husband came to see him, Sulla was not kind, not helpful. He did not strive to keep Scaurus's pride intact. When Scaurus apologized for his wife's behavior and asked Sulla to leave Rome for a year until the gossip had died, Sulla refused. Scaurus was a powerful enemy. He was able to marshal more than enough influence to ensure that Sulla was not elected praetor. It was well done, so well done that the forum experts decided the real reason behind Scaurus's opposition to Sulla lay in Sulla's known association with Gaius Marius. For Gaius Marius, having been consul an unprecedented six times, was in eclipse. He couldn't even gather sufficient support to stand for election as censor. Rutilius Rufus poured himself more wine. Do you really intend to go to Pessinus? he asked Marius. It's the most backward, superstition-riddled, uncomfortable hole on earth. Uncouth shepherds, wild men from Galatia milling on the border. Really, Gaius Marius. Marius and Sulla were both laughing, and suddenly the constraint of the evening was gone. You're going to have a look at King Mithridates, said Sulla. The eyebrows writhed. Marius grinned. What an extraordinary thing to say. Now, why would you think that, Lucius Cornelius? Because I know you, Gaius Marius. You're an irreligious old fart. The only vows I've ever heard you make were to kick legionnaires or conceited tribunes up the arse. The only reason you'd want to drag your fat old carcass to the Anatolian wilderness is to see what's going on in Cappadocia and just how much King Mithridates has to do with it. Marius turned to Rutilius Rufus. I hope I'm not so transparent to everyone as I am to Lucius Cornelius, Rutilius Rufus smiled. I am very much doubt that anyone else will guess, he said. I, for one, believed you, you irreligious old fart. Marius turned back to Sulla. This young king, Mithridates of Pontus, is, and I'd like to meet him. After all, Lucius Cornelius, he's not much more than thirty years of age, yet he's gone from having no territory other than Pontus itself to owning the best part of the lands around the Euxine Sea. My skin is crawling. I have a feeling he's going to mean trouble for Rome. Publius Rutilius Rufus put down his empty wine cup. I suppose you mean Mithridates has his eye on our Roman Asia province, he said. Why wouldn't he? So enormously rich and the most civilized place on earth. Oh, yes, said Gaius Marius, lying back on his left elbow. I must see this Mithridates. Come with me, Lucius Cornelius, do. But Sulla shook his head. No, Gaius Marius, if Titus Didius goes to nearer Spain to put down the Celtiberians, I'm going with him as his senior legate. It's going to be a long and nasty war, so there'll be booty to share in and reputations to be made. Who knows? I might even get to command an army. Titus Didius is a good man, said Marius, a sound soldier and a general of some talent, I think. Yes, Lucius Cornelius, it'll do you more good in the elections to go to Spain as a legate 
than to rattle all over Anatolia with a privatus. Marius was tired. When he and his wife Julia went to bed, he longed to sleep, but Julia was ready for a chat about her brother Gaius Julius Caesar and his family. Can't you bring Gaius Julius home, she asked. Aurelia's being worn out by that third child of theirs, young Caesar. He's only twenty-two months old, but he talks. Big words and properly phrased sentences, and he knows what the big words mean, too. Suddenly, Marius was wide awake. The old prophetess Martha had told him, in the palace at Carthage, that he would be the first man in Rome, and that he would be consul seven times. But, she had added, he would not be the greatest of all the Romans. His wife's nephew named Gaius would be. And he had said to himself at the time, Over my dead body! He was not about to let some beautiful, golden-haired descendant of the goddess Venus step into the history books ahead of himself.